You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate facts from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 293. In this episode, biceps training, the best exercises to shape and sculpt your arms, nutrition for weight loss and muscle gain, and motivation, how to take action. Quick updates. There are some videos that are on YouTube that I posted that are on the same topic as we're going to discuss here about biceps training. So you can find them on the Fitness Makeover YouTube channel. I recently expanded the apparel wear to a Shopify store. So you can find that at fitgirldesigns.com. A lot of people already shop on the on a Shopify store, so it just makes it easier for purchasing things all in one spot. So check that out. I'm always getting questions from people or concerns from women that are wanting to have shapely arms, but they're so afraid of lifting heavy weights and gaining bulk. So the two videos that I made are kind of like a part one and part two. And the first part is basically explaining how you're not going to get bulk unless you're really training for that. And there's a specific repetition range and different numbers of sets and, and it's a whole different protocol for building bulk than it is for toning muscle. But in essence, toning muscle is creating muscle. If you don't have lean muscle tissue, you don't have any tone. So you do have to create that lean muscle in order for it to look like something. And one of the biggest things I find is that people don't challenge themselves enough. I mean, especially women, they stick with the light weights and they do a lot of reps. And I don't know why that misconception is still around, but unfortunately it is. And that's not going to do anything. And that's why a lot of people never get the results they want in the gym. They don't know the right information. And that's kind of what we're trying to do here is give you the right information so that you can get get results and stop listening to those old myths that should have died a long time ago. One of them being about using very light weights and very high repetitions to tone. And uh, yes, I said that in a funny voice because you know what? It's ridiculous that people still think that nowadays. High repetitions is not going to do anything for your muscles. It may give you, I don't know, some endurance factor or whatever. Really, if you're looking to change the shape of your body, it's not going to do anything for you. And high repetitions would be anything over 12. Now, maybe you're in a rehab for injury or you broke a bone or something and certainly a higher repetition range would be appropriate because you'd have to use a lighter weight but again in trying to change the shape of your body that's a whole nother type of training just as trying to train for bulk and size is a different type of training so we have to get that out of the head that anything over 12 repetitions is not going to bring you that tone and definition that you really want to achieve so by paring down the repetitions and using a weight that's going to challenge you for that amount of repetition range, that's what's going to do it. So keeping your reps anywhere between eight and 10, or maybe even just as low as six to 10, if you're using an appropriate weight to challenge you for let's say eight repetitions, then you're going to impact that muscle to change in a certain way. That way is going to be adding strength and getting that muscle tone. So you're going to be creating the muscle fibers, but you're not actually going to be creating the volume of a workout or the high amount of stress that is required to put on the added muscle. And again, there's another training protocol. There's a whole way of eating. It's a whole different lifestyle. So for most people, especially women looking to tone their arms, they're not going heavy enough with the weight. So let's say for eight repetitions, you can do 15 pound dumbbell curls. Well, to be honest with you, that's not a ton of weight. It's a good strong weight for a woman, but it's certainly not the 40 pounds that you might need to build bulk. And again, it's all relative because whatever you want to accomplish, you pretty much can when it comes to weight training. It's just how much are you going to put into it on the nutrition side, on the training side, which is usually the easy 
easiest for most people. And on the consistency side, which definitely tends to elude us as we get older. But the one thing that's kind of easy to do is arms, because even with resistance bands, you might not be able to have the same type of progress that you would with your uh, strength training as far as making it incrementally harder to challenge those muscles. But you do have a good shot at challenging them sufficiently to do workouts at home. So when you think about it, training your arms or more specifically your biceps, they're a small muscle group. So sure, you could train them more often than a larger body part like legs or back, but you can also overtrain them, which is, means you do too much and your muscles never have a chance to actually recover and change. So there is a balance between the right amount of training, the right amount of repetitions, and how frequent you're going to actually do this type of a program. Now, one thing that I'll touch on is that sculpting your arms is not only about how you look. A lot of times when you feel strong, you're more confident, you feel empowered, you feel like nothing can stop you. So don't worry about lifting heavier weights and getting bulk. Think about the strength and confidence that you're going to gain just from being stronger by challenging your muscles. I'll use the same analogy here that I did in the videos, and that is one of having a garden. If you think of your muscles like a garden and you take care of them and you nurture them and you give them the fuel or the nutrients that they need, then they're going to grow grow and they're going to look like you want. But if you ignore that aspect of it, they're not going to change and they're probably just going to shrivel up and die and just look terrible, which is kind of the situation that some people are in because they don't do regular workouts and they're expecting their body to change after just one workout. But also in terms of a garden, think of the difference between what you might do for a flower versus a big piece of fruit or watermelon, I think you used in the video. And the plan is going to be the same, but the amounts that you give it are going to be different. So let's say you're growing a teeny little basil plant versus a big, huge oak tree. Well, they're both very similar, just like men and women, and they're both going to require some of the same things to grow. Just like men and women, we both do weight training. We both have to eat. We both have to do consistent workouts. But you'll notice that the difference between the little basil plant and the huge oak tree is that the oak tree is going to have a lot more and it's going to take a lot longer to reach its full potential. So the difference is also the same with men and women and training. Our training is going to be completely different, even though it's the same components. So that's why we don't need to be afraid of gaining big bulk because yes, we have to do some of the same things, but we're not doing them the same way, which means we're not doing the same amounts. Our programs are going to be different, our number of repetitions, and therefore the according weight will too. And that's the thing. Your weight should be chosen based on how many repetitions you want to complete. Now, your repetitions are not an absolute salute. It's a goal. And that helps you to pick what weight you should use. And that's why that one rep max calculator on my, on the Fit Girl podcast website is so helpful because you can at least get a ballpark of where to start. And with different machines and different dumbbells, to be honest with you, they may say they're the same poundage, but they aren't always the same poundage. So knowing at least a ballpark to start with gets you to your warm-up set. And then you can always increase from there. But that is the thing. Challenging the muscle means continuing proper form until that muscle fatigues. It doesn't mean throwing the weight around until you can't lift it anymore. And there's a big difference between the two. And in this video series, I've gone over a little more detailed on exactly how you can challenge that muscle towards the end of a set. It's kind of hard for me to explain it while you can't see it, but I'll try. When you're working a set, and let's say you're doing a bicep curl, well, your body shouldn't be moving. The only thing moving should be your elbow 
particular joint because that is activating your bicep. And if the rest of your body starts to move and wiggle, then you're starting to cheat, then your muscles fatigue. So the better thing for you to do is to stay there within that perfect form and see if you can budge that dumbbell or that weight by using only the biceps. And maybe you only get it part of the way up. And if you do, that's where you hold and you really focus on tensing the biceps. You don't use the rest of the body to cheat it up. So when you are doing a set, fatigue means within the proper form. In the same respect, sometimes you might be doing an exercise and you realize, well, I probably could do one or two more, but I know I'd be using my arms and not really the bicep. And that's when you stop. That happens a lot when you're training back because you can still do the motion of the back exercise, but you're not even close to using your back. And sometimes it looks like, I know when I'm training, sometimes they think, oh, you stop early. It's like, no, I could feel that my back was fatigued and my shoulders were starting to do the work. So end of set, that's it. You know, the back has been trained, it's been done, it's fatigued, end of set. There's no sense in pushing past when your muscle is not doing the work. And I should say your target muscle is the one that should be doing the work and should be the one fatigued, not the rest of the body. So in those videos, and of course, there's going to be links to them, but you can also just do a search on my channel. They're actually, they're going to be the first ones up there because they're relatively new. You will uh, find that it might be a little easier to see what I'm talking about as far as using the target muscle without moving the rest of the body. And again, true on every single exercise you do. The main keys of getting your body to change with any muscle is not necessarily the exercise you do, it's how you do it. And how you do it is in the proper form and in the number of repetitions. And the how is definitely going to be challenging your muscles as much as you can and keeping that form correct. Now, the thing is, I am always a stickler with my clients on proper form. And that is so that they get the most out of that exercise, but also so that they don't hurt themselves because improper form is pretty much going to lead you to some sort of injury. And in the case of the biceps, you may not think that there's much moving, therefore there wouldn't be much chance of injury, but there is a great chance of injury to the shoulder, the elbows, your neck, your back, your lower back. And there's a lot of ways that people will cheat with these dumbbells, which can really do even more harm to more body parts at once. So safety always has to be the first concern. If you're using proper form, then you're going to be working the right muscle, you're going to be getting the right benefits, and you're definitely not going to hurt yourself. And remember, if you hurt yourself, there's a bigger price to pay, and that is time missed from the gym. All the progress you made will probably go backwards at that point, so you're going to have to go and restart everything, not to mention you know, the mental aspect and possibly the financial aspect if you really seriously do something and you have to go to the doctor and get x-rays or MRIs or whatever, because a lot of times it ends up being within the joints. Even some of the tendons and ligaments can get injured if you're doing poor form on certain exercises. So safety first, and that way you're more likely to be able to continue and be consistent and therefore get the results that you're looking for. Now, when it comes to common mistakes, usually it has to do with not controlling the weight. And that could be easily trying to throw it up with your whole body or just trying to bend your whole body backwards and that leverages the weight to pull it upward. And of course, that can put some stress on the lower back. The biggest one is one that a lot of people just don't even realize they're doing, and that is the elbows not in the right spot. When you're doing these exercises or biceps in general, your elbows are usually going to be pointing to the floor or behind you. Uh, there's different exercises on the incline too, that your elbows are technically behind you, but they're never way in front of you, like up on top of your shoulder. Okay. So even if you're using a preacher curl, then your arms are fixed and there's a specific spot for those elbows to be. But we're talking more about free weights in the sense of the dumbbells and just barbells in general and doing them standing. So your regular curls, your hammer curls, your reverse curl, those are the things we're talking about right now. 
And your elbows will have a tendency to want to go forward because your shoulders are going to try to help you lift that bicep and that muscle. So that's what you have to be aware of because your body will automatically try to cheat for you. You can have the best intentions, but your body does not. Your body wants to do it the easiest way possible it will try to bring your elbows forward so that your shoulders can help. And of course, not only do you not want that because that won't effectively work your biceps, but that's also going to put more stress on the front delt, which obviously has a lot of stress on it to begin with since we do everything to the front anyway. Paying special attention to your elbows, making sure they're pointing to the ground, and I usually recommend pulling them a little bit behind you. And we go over that in these videos too. Proper form isn't just isolating the bicep and curling it with the elbow. It's actually keeping your shoulder blade pinched, activated to keep your posture perfect while you're doing that exercise. So you may think you're just only doing biceps, but you're actually working your whole structure and your core by holding yourself in that perfect posture position so that you can do that exercise and isolate those biceps. Now, the two exercises I go over are the hammer curl and the reverse curl. And these are by far the two best exercises for biceps. Now, I'm not saying that all the other ones are terrible. They're all equally as good. But if you're looking looking for your biggest bang for your buck in the gym, then I would go with these two. Of course, if you're looking for long term, you need to add variety. So you can't do these two all the time. And that's why we went over in the last few episodes about periodization and how to change your workout so that you can constantly continue to have your body change and that you also don't get any overuse injuries. And you just mentally are more excited to go to the gym to start like a new program each new cycle. Incorporate these into the whole scope of a year's worth of training. Hammer curls and reverse curls are definitely my go-to for when people really want to get their arms in shape quickly. On top of that, making sure that, of course, you're using proper form, but also paying special attention to the negative of the mo movement. So the negative is when you're lowering the weight. When you lift the weights, yes, you're going to squeeze the bicep and you're going to try to make sure you're only pulling from that bicep. You're going to make sure that you do not squeeze the dumbbells. I always joke with my clients, don't take it out on the dumbbells. Don't squeeze your fingers into those dumbbells so hard that you stress your knuckles. The fingers should always remain loose because the movement is done from the elbow. With these two exercises, though, you are going to work your forearm as well, and that's good, actually, because we use the forearms all the time. As women, a lot of times, we don't get them strong enough, and that's why sometimes we have problems opening jars and things like that. Of course, I'm usually the person they have the jar to, to open it. That's actually, it's a good thing. You want to be strong enough to grip things and have that strength there. And of course, you're gripping a dumbbell. That's part of the action. Same thing with the reverse curl. In the video, I'll also show you the two different hand positions for both of them. And one is the regular grip where your thumb wraps around to reach the other fingers. And then the other one is a false grip with which your thumbs are on the other side of the dumbbell with the other fingers. So it almost looks like your hands are in the shape of a cup. It can also be called a cup grip. What happens is some people are very pinchy with their fingers, with their finger and thumb and forefinger, and that tends to lead to a lot more stress. So if you find that when you're doing these exercises that you have your thumb wrapped around the barbell or the dumbbell and you're squeezing your fingers and you're really feeling too much in your wrist, then you need to go to the false grip. The barbell's not going to fall out. It's going to still work just the same. You might actually like it even better. The other thing that's a good visual in this video is the easy curl bar, because that's what I use for the reverse curl. One thing I suggested was that for a lot of gyms, the curl bars can be fixed. And usually they start at about 25 pounds, which for a reverse curl could be a little bit heavy for 
most women. So looking for an easy curl bar, which you'll see in the in the video, that's usually running about 15 pounds. And then of course you can add weights to it, but you know you have to start somewhere. So even if you, you can only get a couple of repetitions with that bar, keep working on it until you can get to six or eight. And don't worry, just because that's such low repetitions doesn't mean that you're going to build bulk. It just means that I'm sorry, you're kind of weak in that area. Average woman, I would say, doing a reverse curl is going to be able to use 20 to 25 pounds. But if you've never done it before and you're very weak or you're just starting to work out, then yeah, you're going to want to go look for that easy curl bar and uh, use that one because it's going to be lighter. Or you can just keep strengthening your biceps with the hammer curl and then keep checking how your strength is for the regular reverse curl with a barbell. You can also do the reverse curl with a straight bar. And a lot of times you will find those lighter. They tend to just have a little bit of tweakiness to the wrist. It just depends on your history. If you've got perfectly normal fine wrists, then you'll probably be just fine with a straight bar for reverse curl. But if you've had any wrist injuries, it might not be as comfortable. And, and that easy curl bar, and, and when I say it, it's not easy as opposed to hard. It's the letters E, Z, because that's the shape of the bar. That one just is a little more comfortable comfortable. Play around with those, see which ones you like, and those are definitely great things to incorporate into your program. When you are incorporating them into your program, you're going to probably want to do two to three sets if you're already an intermediate trainer or advanced. If you want to put a little more size on, then obviously you're going to go multiple sets. You're going to go more in the four to six set range, but again, different type of training. For most people trying to strengthen and shape the biceps, two to three sets is perfectly sufficient. Usually the first set is kind of like a warm-up. That's why I don't really count it. And then the other ones should be challenging. So you should have at least two good challenging sets. And you can kind of judge how that goes and increase the weight a little bit. Now that is one thing when you're talking about dumbbells, they sometimes go from 15 to 20. And that is a huge jump when it comes to biceps training. If your gym doesn't have the in-between weights, you can see if they have the plate mates, which are the magnetic little, they look like little dumbbells donuts and they magnetically attach to dumbbells and barbells and plates so that you can have those weird in-between weights. But if not, then again, you just do the best you can. And eventually, yeah, you will get stronger and can go to the next one and realize that that is a huge jump. So don't be upset if you can't go straight from 15 to 20 pounds because the bicep is a small body part. It's not going to be as strong as some of the larger ones. Your frequency would be along twice a week, maybe three times a week for biceps because they are small and they'll recover a little faster. You don't have to kill yourself in the gym to get results. You just have to be consistent and do exercises such as these that are much more effective and efficient. And when I say that, I'm particularly thinking of the concentration curls, which for most people do absolutely nothing for their bicep. And yet I see everybody doing it. And I tend to think that that's because we see that particular exercise most in magazines and such. So again, if you're really looking to change the shape of your biceps, don't do that one. <laughs> do one of these other ones instead, because it's going to be a lot faster for your results. And obviously, you're going to go watch those videos because I know you want that information. Plus, you're going to see me mess up words and make funny faces too. And what's not to like about that? In nutrition, we're talking about nutrition for weight loss and muscle gain. Are you going to gain huge amounts of muscle when you're trying to lose weight? Well, no, you're not. You're going to just try to maintain as much muscle as possible. But if you are trying to get leaner, you can put on a little bit of muscle just by cleaning up some of your eating. And what that means is making sure you're eating on your regular schedule. So that's every four to five hours, a mini meal or some sort of snack in between. If you haven't already established yourself on a regular type eating schedule, then you really need to because that is going to make or break 
all of your results. If you have a set plan of what you have for breakfast, what you have for lunch, what you have for dinner, you know, you kind of know your variations, like sometimes I'll have this and sometimes I'll have that, but you at least have these different go-to meals and then you can fill in on the snacks for some sort of healthier choice, whether it's an extra scoop of protein powder to give you some extra protein, or you have something balanced, it's like cheese and apples and something healthy, or if you even just grab a protein bar. I think I definitely know I have an old episode all about protein bars and which ones are good and which ones are not so good. So check that out. You can certainly get yourself into that pattern of eating on a regular basis. And that's going to do more for you than any workout ever will, because it's going to help not only speed up your metabolism, but it's going to fuel your muscles and it's going to help them recover faster and allow them to grow. Now, the biggest difference between somebody trying to gain muscle size besides the workout is eating more. Yes, they require a lot more calories. They require actually a surplus of calories so that their body can build even more tissue. Because if you think about it, your body wants to stay in the caloric range that maintains it. So if you want to increase your size, you're going to have to go above and beyond that. And if you go too low from what your body wants to maintain on a regular basis, then you're actually going to lose muscle. So that's why those low calorie diets or super low calorie diets are so terrible because not only do they make you lose muscle, which lowers your metabolism, they just mess everything up and they're not worth it as far as your health goes. Focusing on your calories being anywhere from 1500 to 2000 or more for women. Yes, for women. And for men would definitely be 2000, 2500 or above. And all of it has to do with what your size is. It's not just your weight, but your bone structure size. You know, we all have a different amount of muscle to begin with. There are a lot of variations in what goes into the amount of calories you need. The ones that I just gave you are just averages, okay? So you might be more, you might be less. Sometimes it really is good to go talk to a nutritionist about how many calories you need, or at least for yourself, start writing down everything you eat and calculate it out. I know it's incredibly tedious, but you know what? It gives you such an insight into what's going on with your food. And it'll also tell you whether you're eating enough or eating too much. Nine times out of 10, when I have people do this, they find that they are not even close to eating the right amount of protein, not only to maintain their muscle, but to help them create more muscle tissue. If you are trying to get that lean muscle tissue, yes, you're going to have to eat a little more. You can't expect to get tone arms when you're eating under a thousand calories. I know I have a little banter with one of my clients because he's always talking about getting lean, getting lean. And I try to make sure he understands that, you know what, you want lean quality muscle because you can look at somebody who's maybe on a starvation protest and they're going to wither away and they're going to look lean, but they're also going to look stringy because their muscle is gone. Do you want that kind of lean? I don't think so. You want the lean with the shapely muscle. So that's why it is important to make sure that you're getting enough of protein, enough carbs, enough fats. And yes, you do need the carb. This is all of the things that we go over in the fitness makeover program, which is still on the teachable site, even though I'm moving everything to consolidated site, you can still find it on the teachable site. And I'm going to be upgrading that this year, meaning adding some new modules to that program, because the whole concept is to understand what foods you should be eating, how to balance them out, how to figure out how many calories and carbs and how many grams of protein that you 
truly require for your goals and for your body weight and structure and frame and whatever your gender is. So anyways, all of these things come into play as far as what your body needs. And then you add on top of that, okay, what are your goals? Because if you want to get lean, do you want to gain muscle? There is a big difference between eating healthy and eating to get lean. Eating healthy, you can make different choices, you can do different things, but if you're really eating to get lean, like almost like a bodybuilder preparing for a competition, you do have to eat a certain way at certain times. You have to be a little more conscientious if you're going to do that. And when you think about the fact that being conscientious about what you eat for maybe two months at the most can completely redefine your body and completely transform everything, that's a pretty small amount of time compared to maintaining that for years. Obviously, I know that because I've been in that boat where you're always fluctuating with the weight until I figured it out, stopped the cardio, went onto the heavier weight training and stabilized and basically maintained without having to do any cardio for like the last 20 years. It is doable. It is achievable. I've done it and I wouldn't believe it if you told me, but since it was myself, I guess I have to believe it because yes, I have seen that that's the way to do it. It's frustrating to see other people going through the same cycles that I was going through and try to teach them, hey, that's not the way to do it. And here's what you need to do. And that's what I'm telling you right now. Focus on getting enough protein, getting enough calories, get your consistent workouts, get off the cardio, change your muscle to fat ratio. And the only way to do that is challenge yourself with the weights. If you look at the video or you see any pictures of me, I'm not huge. I'm not big and bulky. I mean, I train for strength. I train to get stronger. That's very difficult for women to gain that huge kind of size. Granted, I don't think I really put in the amount of time that's necessary for the food preparation and eating perfectly all the time, especially the last maybe eight years being on the go with my daughter having different functions at school and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, there's a give and take. If you are more meticulous, you're going to get faster, better results. Really just that simple. You can definitely change your whole body in two months without starving, without suffering, without doing hours of cardio, probably without doing any cardio at all. It's just getting that timing down on your meals and getting those meals balanced. And again, we go back to that analogy of the basil plant versus the oak tree. If you are trying to put on a lot of size, you're going to need to eat more, eat more protein, eat more carbs. And yes, fats. Fats are really important for us as far as keeping lean muscle and regulating our different bodily functions too, uh, and along with our skin and hair and all these other things. It is very important to have that balanced perspective when you're eating and creating your meals and not trying to leave out any one whole food group. And we're talking healthy food groups, of course. <laughs> I know sometimes snack foods are a whole food group on their own, but there's a time and place. It's just not if you're really trying to make huge changes in your body. I think there's a saying that goes, you can't get where you want to go if you don't know where you're going. And that's perfectly true for nutrition. You can't get the results you want if you don't know where you are right now, which means if you don't know how many calories you're taking in now or how much, how many grams of protein you're taking in right now, then there's no way you're going to get where you want, or at least not very quickly. Take that time, calculate some of these things out, write it down every day for a week. You want to write it for a week because that's going to give you a better idea of exactly what your patterns are. Can't just look at one day. One day is never typical. Three days is borderline, but four or five days, then you'll be able to see your patterns and you'll be able to know. Writing it down versus just, oh, I remember. It's like, no, you don't remember. And that's why you write it down. Because when you write it down, you see, oh yeah, I forgot this and I forgot that. And it's a pain in the ass to stop and write this down. Use an app on the phone, whatever it is. It's just getting that habit of going over and over and recording what you're eating so that you can have the ability to make the changes of either adding certain groups or cutting back on certain groups to see your body change. 
in motivation, it's all about taking action, taking action to monitor your nutrition, see how much you're getting in, calculate out your protein, write down your meals, take action about your workouts, go ahead and start adding some bicep training if you're not already, focus on those two exercises. And of course, the biggest part of taking action is going and watching the videos for me because I don't know if I'm getting the right information across to people if nobody tells me. I mean, I think I got the information across unless you tell me that, no, I didn't get it or yeah, that was really good. I understood it or well, this, that or the other thing, then how do I know? So your feedback is really important. That is part of the take action besides getting your workouts in and monitoring your food, seeing what you can tweak if you need to, to get the results you want is to check out the YouTube channel, make some comments. So I know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to see. Uh, especially those questions that you have, because there's a lot of them that end up being the same. And that's the, usually the ones I go to first. And you'll be surprised. You may think you have abstract question, but in reality, a whole bunch of other people are asking it too. Whether you respond in one of the comments on the YouTube channel or to one of the emails that I send out. Again, I know they're not very frequent, but there is a return address that you can always click to respond back or just directly at Kira at thegirlpodcast.com. I want to hear from you and I'd like to see you take action so that you can reach those goals and I can reach my goals too of growing the channel and after taking a long time, maybe 20 years off, trying to get that whole YouTube thing back up and running. Yeah, just don't go back to the early videos because <laughs> yeah, they're still on there. But again, that's when everything and everyone was in their infancy. We can all laugh about it now. There's still some good information there. There's a whole series that I did on different exercises, how to do them correctly so that you actually will know. And of course, the quality is not going to be as good now because we didn't have it back then. You still can get the right idea on how to do things correctly, like press downs, curls, and pull downs, and all those things that I see everybody do wrong all the time, which was the whole point of putting it up there in the first place. Go take some action. Do it now. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. Check out my YouTube channel at Fitness Makeover. You can type that in as youtube.com forward slash fitness makeover. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. 